section number 44 of a fair mystery this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by marcia payne a fair mystery by bertha m clay an appeal for forgiveness the same wind that wailed so mournfully round the farm made sad music around the castle walls lady estelle shuddered as she listened to it it seemed so full of prophecy and the prophecy was so full of evil it moaned and sobbed then went off into wild cries then into fitful wails a scene was passing just then in the drawing-room of the castle such as the dead and gone Herefords had never seen. A group of four people were assembled there, the Duke looking older by twenty years than when we last saw him, his head bent, his stately figure drooping, as a man droops who has just met the most terrible blow of his lifetime. All the pride and dignity seemed to have died away from the face of the Duchess, his wife, her eyes were swollen with weeping. I shall never feel myself again, she said to her husband. It is my death blow. Two others were in that group. Lady Estelle, whose face was ghastly pale, and standing near her, a tall, handsome man, fair of face, frank, careless, and debonair. He was evidently trying to look sorry for something, but had not been able to succeed. It is so long since, he was saying in a tone of apology, but really, I fear there can be no excuse offered. No, replied the Duke in a stern voice, that is certain, none. Two days before this, two events had happened at the castle. One was that Lady Estelle received a note from Earl brief enough in itself, but full of import to her. It simply said, I have found her. She is now at home, awaiting your summons. I am thankful not to have failed. Lady Estelle grew white to the lips as she read those lines. Then she wrote a second letter. It was just as brief, and was addressed to the Earl of Lendley. It said, There is no use in further delay. Come to the castle whenever you like, only give me twelve hours notice then came a letter which sorely puzzled the duke it was from the earl of lindley saying that he should be happy to pay the duke a visit if it were quite convenient and that he would be at the castle on wednesday when he would have something particular to say to him the duke read the letter then passed it over to his wife with a very anxious look he follows his letter you see he gives me no time to refuse him i suppose we can both guess what he wants to see me about i am afraid so said the duchess with a sigh i am afraid she likes him if she does we must look upon the brightest side perhaps time has steadied him certainly to be countess of lindley is a great thing after all the title is right enough said the duke it is the bearer of it whom I neither like nor trust. Neither of them were prepared to hear the story that Ulrich, Earl of Lindley, had to tell them. Even to the Duchess, who honestly believed her daughter was in love with the Earl, 
her conduct seemed strange she was nervous she talked but little yet it was the look of happy dreamy content that sat upon her face it struck the duchess at last there was no mistake about it lady estelle looked exceedingly ill she had expected to see her daughter manifest some little sign of delight at the coming of her lover she had expected some little attention to dress some of the many hundred pretty ways of showing delight but she saw none then the day dawned which was to bring the earl and the duchess felt sure from her daughter's face that she had spent the greater part of the night in tears through some mistake in the time of his arrival lady estelle was alone the duke had not returned from his drive and the duchess had driven over to the neighboring presbytery the earl was not expected until six but he arrived at four it was perhaps well for lady estelle that she had not more time for anticipation it was a terrible time for her a trying ordeal she was alone in the library when she heard the sound of carriage wheels she never dreamed it was he until the sudden opening of the library door and the footman announced the earl of lindley she often wondered in after years that she had not died in that moment but the pride and self-control of long years came to her aid she rose pale as marble cold dignified ready to die rather than yield to emotion and without one word she held out her hand in greeting to her husband he was looking at her with eyes that seemed to devour her estelle he murmured then ready eloquent debonair as he was he could say no more was it possible gracious heaven was it possible that this pale proud beautiful woman so haughty that she looked as though nothing could touch her was it possible that she was the fair young estelle who had sacrificed everything for him and been so cruelly rewarded was this magnificent woman really his wife estelle he repeated he drew nearer as though he would caress her she shrank back from him no she said do not touch me but the earl so handsome and debonair was not to be daunted why estelle my darling my wife surely you are going to forgive me i shall never forgive myself no man ever did behave so vilely i believe but my darling you will forgive me and let us be happy now after twenty years she answered after twenty long sad years better late than never my love you must forgive me estelle i did you a most cruel wrong but the most cruel of all was to quarrel with you and leave you no she said firmly the most cruel wrong you did was to marry me and the next to leave me all these years without one word no woman could ever forgive such a wrong but you are not a woman you are an angel estelle so it has always seemed to me will you believe me in this one instance i am full of faults i have behaved shamefully my conduct to you disgraces the name i bear the name of a gentleman but will you believe this estelle my wife my silence during all those years has not been because i would not write but because i dare not 
I never dreamed that you could forgive me. I held myself unworthy of all pardon. I knew that I had wronged you so greatly I deserved no compassion. If you felt so sure that I would never forgive you, why did you come here now? she asked haughtily. The least possible gleam of amusement came into his eyes, the least possible curl to his lip. You see, my darling Estelle, it is in this way. As Ulrich Studley, it mattered little what became of me, whether I went to the bad altogether or not, whether I was married or not, but as Earl of Lindley, it is quite another thing. I must have a wife to reign in my ancestral home. I must have children to succeed me. Therefore, from the depth of my heart, I say forgive the fault of erring, passionate youth, and be my wife in reality as you are in name. I promise you, Estelle, I will atone to you for the evil I have done, that I will make you happy beyond the power of words to tell, that I will spend my life in your service. Do you believe me? She looked at him. His face was earnest and agitated. The eloquent eyes seemed to rain love into her own. It was hard to resist him, and yet he had been so cruel. Why have you never written to me all these years, Ulrich? she asked, and he knew that the faltering voice meant good for him. My darling, I tell you I dared not. No man ever so sinned against a woman as I sinned against you. I took advantage of your youth, your simplicity, your love for me, to induce you to contract a private marriage with me. Then my horrible pride got ahead of me. I quarreled with you and left you for twenty, may heaven forgive me, twenty years. I can hardly expect that you will pardon me. How can you? She drew a little nearer to him when she saw how unhappy he looked. Ah, Ulrich, your race are all alike faithless and debonair. Even the little one is the same. The words seemed to cost her violent effort. Her face grew crimson. He looked at her with brightening eyes. The little one? Our child? Oh, Estelle, you have never told me anything of our child. You have never asked, she retorted. No, I am to blame. What dull, stupid apathy has come over me? What have I been doing or thinking about? My wife and child to drift through all these years? Well, from the depths of my heart I say heaven pardon me, for I am a great sinner. Estelle, tell me something about our child. The expression of his face was so pitiful that she could not help replying. I cannot tell you much, she said. I have been, like yourself, careless over the child. I could not keep my secret and keep her, so she went. Yes, Lady Delapan told me. But you have never seen her? Do you know nothing of her? I have seen her twice. And then Lady Estelle gave him the whole story of Doris. She is very beautiful, she said in conclusion, but she resembles you more than me. She is a studly in face and in character. 
she is faithless and debonair ulric as you are perhaps you judge her rather harshly he said with great tenderness in his voice why do you call her faithless estelle because she was engaged to marry someone who loved her with a true and tender love she ran away from him and almost broke his heart who was the someone asked the earl earl moray a poet and a gentleman one whom a princess might marry if she loved him why did the little one run away from him what was her reason she wanted to see something of the world so she went abroad as governess to some small children that is not so very bad he said she might have done much worse than that it is quite natural for a girl to want to see something of life where did she go to dear to florence with some english people i believe well i cannot really be very angry with her for it of course her position will be changed now we shall have to think twice before she fulfills this engagement i shall never be willing for her to marry any one but earl said lady estelle we have plenty of time to think of that he said i feel rather inclined to be jealous of this earl moray estelle my darling you have not said that you forgive me he drew nearer to her he clasped her in his arms and kissed the pale beautiful face he might be faithless he had been cruel but in all the wide world he was the only love for her she did not avert her face from the passionate kisses that he showered upon it you forgive me estelle my wife yes she replied i forgive you i cannot help it but i know quite well that i ought not end of section forty four recording by marcia payne